Spec Insider Podcast. I'm Nick Clayton, and this week, Spec Insider's founder, Christy Marvin, and I will be speaking with James Zukin, chairman and CEO of Zukin Certification Services. Zukin has just this week launched ZSpec, a readiness certification service that examines and validates whether a pending SPAC target is ready for the public markets. We discuss the factors that ideally need to be present for both a target company and a SPAC team to produce a ready public company. We also get into just how this process will work for SPAC teams and some of the tangible benefits that such a certification could bring. Take a listen. Thanks for joining us today, Jim. You know, we're certainly curious to hear more about Zukin Certification Services, but you know, before we get started, maybe for the benefit of listeners, you know, you could give us a brief overview of your background and your time um, as co-founder of Coolahan Loki. Well, first of all, it's great to be here. Very exciting for me on the eve of the introduction of our SPAC readiness certification service, what we call the ZSPAC readiness certification. And so my background was, uh, was on Wall Street in M&A, uh, got bit by the employee stock ownership plan bug, uh, providing financial advice when those were just starting. My arch rival uh, in the field was uh, Houlihan, Loki and Howard. Houlihan, Loki, Howard merged with the Zucan organization in 1976 forming a Colossus with five people and revenues exceeding a quarter million dollars in that first year. Our focus was what was really a new field, the field of financial valuation. We were from the very beginning, a thought leader and later became the leader. We got to that point by organizing uh, the other small firms in the field, putting together a valuation study group, putting together a multi-author text I was the editor-in-chief of, and then focused solely and completely on financial valuations, and in particular, developing the standards behind the opinions that emerge. Fair market value, ESOP opinions, fairness opinions, and solvency opinions for the next dozen years from that point in time. And in each case, the focus was to develop the service as a generic service. And then goal was to become the leading provider of those uh, services. And in fact, was able to succeed at doing that if you take a look at the role of even today, Houlihan Loki in the marketplace for financial opinion services. My own background, my own interest was and is focusing on developing these services, the standardization of these services, and in fact, cooperating and encouraging other market entrants to create a market for the provision of these services. That is also the case here today in terms of SPAC readiness certification. Though we are the first to enter the marketplace, we are the, in our view, the premier, easy to say, because we're the only one, but we hope to keep that position. We think it is a very important service because of the fact that in the case of SPACs, readiness has become, is a secondary priority. The top people with the sponsor sponsor themselves. Many of their advisors have only uh, a limited amount of, of time to focus on anything other than uh, raising the money, building the funnel, locking down the target, and then closing the target in a truncated time period. So what happens to readiness? 
Well, one of those standard services that I am proud to have played a key role in creating is rapid sequencing, something you're probably not aware of because it did not raise itself in terms of on everybody's lips, but it is the simultaneous negotiation of all classes of creditors in a financial restructuring. So it, and, and I in particular used it to build a major business restructuring the external debts of sovereigns. And so the concept of rapid sequencing is running things in parallel, not having them be sequential. And so because of that, we run them alongside of the due diligence as it occurs. And we are always looking for gaps. And that is my perhaps extensive answer to a short question. That's no problem. Uh, it's certainly very helpful. So this new service, from what I understand, you'll, you're, you're planning to launch this in early December, but it's not just for SPACs either. Um, there's going to be services for other IPO vehicles, such as direct listings. Could you maybe specifically give a quick summary of, of how SPAC readiness works? Well, I'm, I'm going to take the two questions. So I'll take the first one. From the very beginning, we have focused on public company readiness. And so our, our initial launch is of uh, ZSPAC. So of course, SPAC readiness. Following on the heels of that, in a few months, we're going to be focusing on a similar service for direct listings. However, in the SPAC arena, feasibility is not in short supply, feasibility advice. However, in the case of direct listings, where there are only a dozen or so of any material size the last few years, there are no true experts. And so we are dedicating ourselves, put in the time, focus, good work, to become experts in direct listings. And in that case, we will be working on the feasibility and the certification. However, to us, feasibility does not mean implementation. We are not going to be the uh, price setting opinion provider. We think that is a role for the major firms, for Hula and Loki and the lesser ilk uh, that provide those uh, services today. So that is really from our point of view, it is SPACs and direct listings I don't know whether there really will be uh, a need for the service for regular way IPOs. And also in terms of our view, in terms of my background, we are launching this on a global basis. And uh, that's why we're co-sponsoring the uh, deal flow conference in Europe. Now by global, of course, I mean selectively global. And by global in particular, I'm talking about following the U.S. sponsors as they go to Europe, as they go to Asia, and then more slowly for us, developing relationships with sponsors on the ground. Obviously, we're a startup, and so we need to focus on U.S. sponsors of U.S. SPACs, but you only get a chance to launch once, and it's important to launch right and to launch with a clear market understanding of what you're all about, what is your service, and also what you're not doing. So in SPACs, for instance, we're only doing certification. We're not investing in advising, raising money for, for SPACs. I think what I was trying to get at is, is like, what involves being certified? Meaning like, what sort of pace do you put the company through in order to achieve a certification? 
our service, the ZSPAC Certification Readiness Service, is designed to be integrated into the work streams and the due diligence of the business combination. Central to that, risk and risk mitigation is there all over readiness. We have divided readiness into four elements. Then those elements are further divided into 30 components. The elements, the, the first one is finance, reporting, and tax. We think of this as the centerpiece of the readiness framework. A SPAC to be successful should understand the financial and compliance aspects of the transaction, including public company reporting tax implications and IPO readiness. I realize this is uh, like pretty obvious, but when you go into the details, you think about accounting considerations, financial determinations, planning and analysis, reporting and tax in detail, you realize how central this is. You've got to get this right. The second element is what we define as corporate governance, legal and compliance. Again, understanding the regulatory environment requires the board of directors and in particular the audit committee in their oversight role to perform steps, I call them components, uh, but if I might move on, corporate administration process and controls is the third element. Now, this is a wide variety of processes and controls. They're developed and then they need to be documented to define areas of risk to be mitigated. I mentioned risk there, but of course, as I said earlier, it is risk throughout. Uh, when we first started devising the organization, of our construct, one of our elements was risk. And then we realized that actually it was integrated into the entire structure. We call it our framework, by the way. And then the fourth one is corporate strategy and deal advisory. This is primarily a focus on the post-transaction success through the implementation of a strong business strategy and I think a number of people do not understand that readiness goes beyond the conclusion of the business combination and the successful vote. Uh, indeed, then the, the operating company is entering the public markets. And before that, and then executed at that time, it's got to have the market makers lined up. It's got to have the right institutional pipe investors. It, it's got to have this attractive story, and it has to have the security analysts ready to follow them. As you know, in a normal way, IPO, the underwriter spends months working on this, and the, the sponsor here, of course, is very mindful of this, but there's no underwriter. And so they'll bring in a financial advisor, and I don't want to take away from that. Uh, but it just is not the same. They have, if you will, a higher bar, partially because SPACs are literally flooding the marketplace. And the question is, how do you get your story out? How do you differentiate yourself? And that's this key communication element. Uh, and it is one of the components uh, of our fourth element corporate strategy and deal advisory.
Is that in, in your mind the most important element that last one focused on the D spec, or are any are they all equally important? They are interwoven, but if you do not have the basics right, okay, uh, for the most part, and the the SPACs that we focus on, the ones that our service is de is designed for, are high quality Sarbanes Oxley filers either out of the gate or soon. And so they have a higher standard. They relate to independence. The responsibilities relate to the retention and oversight of the independent auditor. You've got the whistleblower procedures and the authority to engage advisors. Independent advisors, they can engage independent counsel also they need to be provided funding as determined by the audit committee uh, for the payment of fees uh, to the independent uh, auditor, to their advisors, and indeed, should they be the kind of leading force, uh, they could retain uh, Zook and certification services uh, to perform our uh, readiness certification. And so here's an interesting fact that I just discovered. And that is that when you compare target management, incentive compensation in SPACs to IPO management incentive compensation, the, uh, the SPAC managers do less well. They are below the median standards for IPO. Our point of view of SPACs is that they are a absolutely central marketplace tool. So we have no comment about how they work, how they're structured, et cetera. All we can say is that it is important from a readiness point of view that target management have proper incentives subject to a professional compensation expert coming in but, but using benchmarks uh, that are market benchmarks, so the, these management teams are not disadvantaged. Now, that's probably a little different than one might think, but we think that's an element of readiness. You got into it a little bit, but could you talk a little bit about the process and timeline? I imagine that's something that teams will be very interested in. As you mentioned, they're very strapped for time through the process. Do you see this as being something that is an interactive and ongoing process during the DSPAC process, or do you, do you take the inputs and come back to them with your report? And, and, and what kind of timeline do you, uh, do you think about for this? Our timeline is their timeline. We are looking to be effective, but to not get in their way. So back to your well-framed question, it, it depends, okay? We will be interactive to the extent necessary, but we will be principally taking back for oversight and then having frequent communications. You, you also mentioned that, you know, you only get to launch once and, you know, what, what makes it this time, you know, a particularly good time to, to launch a, a SPAC certification process, do you think? And, and why do you think this was something that you specifically wanted to take up the mantle on? It is not something where I woke up in the morning and I thought, oh boy, I, I get to go do something in SPACs. It was rather that here is a unique situation where I can apply my resources, my knowledge, 
and most of all, my interests. So I actually am very excited about doing this. Do I think it's a great business? Quite frankly, could be. I'd be relatively surprised. Do I think it's an okay business? Uh, sure, as long as there's no significant liability that might come my way that is not covered in various ways. Uh, but it is it's what I do. Yeah, and you, know, you actually just touched on something that I did want to ask you about in the next question, which is liability. Um, so does ZSPAC bear any potential liability if a company disputes their non-certification? For instance, you put your own stamp. No, I, I understand what, yeah. what you're saying is that we get to the end of the line. Let's assume it's way before the end of the line. Mm -hmm. And we say for the following reasons, we are not going to be able to issue the certification. First, let's take a step back. We have to be able to say no. It has to do with our integrity and it has to do with the job that we are doing. A certification is worthless if it's a rubber stamp. And so in this case, we stand behind it. That means it has real value. For us, it starts with screening the clients at the front end so that from what we're able to discern by the quality of the sponsor and their background, the quality of their advisor, uh, and understanding of what their target is all about. If a target is a startup, it's uh, be really surprised or it'd be a great exception unless it was a startup that had been spending years developing a biotechnology molecule or something. So we're looking for operating successful, serious businesses, most of which are going to have enterprise values of a billion dollars out the other side. And we're not interested in speculative. So the first step is, is screening. However, it is inevitable that there will be some style drift because of the wall and that we will have an issue perhaps with a target where the target itself in our view is not certifiable by our standards. That causes a problem. The other different problem is if the, the act is just not together. They're just, in our view, at our judgment, based on our standard, uh, they're not gonna get the certification. So we will have a communication, but they need to be able to get there by the time of the shareholder vote. And if they, and, uh, and our certification goes into the Super 8K, there is a real problem and you're putting your finger on it. Well, um, just to sort yeah. of continue on that line of thought regarding sure. liability. Um, so let's say you give a company a stamp of certification and post DSPAC, something happens and the company fails. Um, what's, what sort of liability um, do you take on at that point? I'm going to give you the naive, that's not the right answer, answer, which is we are confident we will always be doing our job at our standard. And so we will, we will be delivering professionally our service. But still, there are events that something happened. Okay, And so in that case, we would rely on the indemnification from the company, and, uh, and our whole, you know, our insurance, our insurance strategy, our own strategy in terms of planning for risk, something I've done for decades, you know, while at Hulahan Loki. 
But mm-hmm. it's an issue. It also, by the way, is an issue as to why people will not probably be lining up to go into this particular uh, business. But I want those of you who listen to this to know that I think you can manage this risk and I would welcome you. This is, we think, an important service for the maturation of the SPAC marketplace. And speaking of that welcoming, you, you mentioned a bit about some of the, the sorts of companies that may not be a great fit for this process, you know, pre-revenue technology companies. And we do see a fair amount of those deals in, in the SPAC space. But could you, could you be a little more specific about some of the, the factors that, that would make a company, a target company, and perhaps a SPAC team a, a better fit for engaging with this and, and some factors that may not? Pre-revenue tech companies, biotech companies, uh, they may have uh, been in business for a number of years, received rounds of financing, uh, and, and are, are very appropriate. Of course, we have to go through our own screens. So they'll have you know leading advisors, underwriters, lawyers. Uh, they're going to have a strong board of directors. We're going to see all of this because we're only retained after the S-1 is filed and they are a a reporting public company. So we have the benefit of all of that information as we screen for our clients that that we feel are appropriate for the certification service. And in fact, we have been looking uh, at uh, SPACs in the marketplace, actually those before they have announced uh, a target. And roughly 25% of them actually fit all of our screens. Now, that doesn't mean the other ones uh, are not great companies that will not achieve readiness. I'm just saying that in terms of, of our focus, it is a particular group. And our, our minimum, for instance, SPAC size is $200 million. So that would eliminate a number right there specifically the targets, okay? We've talked about the pre-revenue, but pre-revenue is kind of an exception for us, if you will. We look for a great management team in place, a compelling equity story, and excellent prospects. We look for fair pricing uh, supported by reasonable projections and a fairness opinion. Now, having said that, we are issuing the certification at the time of the proxy. That is, though, a very, very important part of, for us, looking for for the high-quality SPACs that we're looking to certify. And, of course, robust brand, fortuitous timing, strong competitive position, and then they need to have uh, accounting systems, include audited financial systems, and as you would expect, the ability to meet capital market requirements and investor expectations. In other words, IPO ready. We're doing this screening right now. We have identified approximately 100 targets. And obviously, there's a lot more than 100 targets uh, that are in this period of time between post S1 and, and when they're at the bottom of their funnel, so they're down to negotiating short strokes with a couple of targets. Oh, and by the way, well, actually, I was just going to say, I, if you don't mind, if I could interject, Please. what 
what is the ideal time a SPAC should be engaging with you? Like, what is the ideal time for them to hire you? Is it after they've announced the deal or is it before they've announced the deal? Oh, it is clearly before they've announced the deal. Recall I was talking about the preparation of the sponsor and the SPAC. So we want to be there to work with them on that preparation. Remember, we have a playbook, mm. okay? We're coming in with a framework and, uh, and they may or may not have the equivalent of a director of readiness. And so working with us at that point in time, just from an organizational point of view can be quite valuable. And so if I was my client, I would hire us relatively early in the process because the, the fees are not going to change. And so why not? For us, we, we wanna see them not at the bottom of the funnel, okay? If they have a lot of time to the wall, but we gotta see 90 days. <laughs> okay. right. you, don't, you don't want to be picked up at the 11th hour. <laughs> yeah. No, not 90 to 120 days. And then plus, hey, bring us in early. Mm -hmm. Great. We're happy to do that. We are very mindful of their time. And we're going to be providing to them tremendous tools and access to this, you know, world-class group of people, you know, former managing partner from McKinsey, former executive director of the World Bank, who was a partner at TPG, the greatest uh, forensic accountant I know, who's our chief accountant, two of the all-time great investment bankers, senior bankers that came over from Houlihan Loki, because the banker's perspective is very, very important in terms of readiness. It's, it's a complement to the accounting side of getting together. And they need to be an ace in due diligence and even an ace in understanding the information being presented, even though we're not formally doing the analysis and handing it back. And we are emphatically for the record, never doing uh, assumptions, projections, or valuations, even though I'm well known for it. Uh, it is not part of our service. Yeah, and, and have you seen uh, a reaction so far? I know it's the early runnings of the ZSPAC, but within the marketplace of other stakeholders in the process, such as insurance, talking about how a certification might, might impact their rates. Well, interestingly enough, we, of course, did talk to a number of, of insurance uh, companies, and there is, uh, is a new one that, quite frankly, I hadn't heard of before called TOSIG Capital RE. And the reason that I mention them is because of the fact that, and this is of their own volition. It was not where we went into them and said, hey, how about providing a, a material discount in terms of you know, what the SPAC is paying for their insurance? And so this particular company has uh, Mike Morrissey as their chairman. So a very illustrious group has come together and is offering this new DNO. And so they provide a break to the premium, which is hopefully something that other insurance company will follow. We'll see. 
Understood. And all the scenarios we've been talking about so far, you would be hired by the SPAC team itself. But how should other stakeholders around the transaction sort of view your service and its value? And, and do you see a situation where there's there's pressure um, to to engage in the certification process from, say, whether it's potential pipe investors, institutional backers, et cetera? Well, we feel, uh, and I'm sure you would understand that we would feel this way, that the service is a benefit for everybody and the SPAC market at large. But putting that self-serving statement to one side, everybody on the investor side, institutional, pipe, retail, this is a differentiator. Most people are not going to have our certification. So it's an important piece of information that, uh, that a stand-up firm of serious people with world-class skills are putting their name and their brand on it, and yes, some element of risk, in order to provide this formal certification. And so that does become very important. Now, in terms of the other uh, stakeholders, where there is a readiness assessment for the target, we think that's great. We think that's complimentary. Those people are not like doing the equivalent of a, of a certification. We think actually, we don't know, we haven't talked to them yet, but we think that the regulators and the exchanges will view this as a positive service. We, we think it kind of fits within the whole fabric of SPACs as they mature. We see them at a tipping point, uh, though recently you saw their viability once tested came back with a roar. And so clearly this is a very powerful, important tool of corporate finance. So, you know, that is how we view it. We think that specifically target management is vitally interested in this. Uh, I was approached by a target management team and they said, we, we're very interested. And by the way, we only approach because they know us. Actually, this happened twice. Uh, that were classic targets, billion dollar plus value companies said, gee, uh, we'd like to start the readiness process. And so that's very interesting for us. You know, we're, it, why not? In other words, why couldn't and shouldn't we be hired by a target with a view of providing a certification? It isn't the way we designed it. And it does not relate perhaps well to getting a sponsor ready before. But presumably, if we're being hired by a target, and then of course, the sponsor has to agree to take us on because technically the certification goes to the sponsor. But let's assume that the target has the luxury of time. They don't have a wall. And so therefore we can bring all of our tools to bear in terms of what we would work with with the sponsor in order to, that, to get prepared to hit the ground running. It's a subject of serious debate internally. We, we are going to find a way to work with the sponsor and with the target as the initial point of contact in the future. Hmm. Well, listen, um, I really want to thank you, Jim, for taking the time to speak with us about your, your new product. 
Um, I have two actual closing thoughts though before you go. One, I actually do think there is a product for the uh, regular way IPO. You know, just from talking to certain companies, a lot of them I think are a bit intimidated by the process of becoming a public company. I do think I do think you should explore that. <laughs> but anyway, and then the second thing is <laughs> thank you. I will <laughs> because I, I like your judgment. So you you got it. Uh, I'll dedicate it to you. Yeah, I mean, like a boot camp for, you know, for about to become public CEOs and CFOs, you know. The other thought was, uh, I love the name Z-Spec because it sounds kind of like an antibiotic. You <laughs> 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 um, cure specs, maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those are my last two thoughts. But, but, you know, bottom line, I really did want to just thank you for um, introducing us to your product. And it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know a little bit more about it. And we look forward to your launch. Thank you.